Welcome to Trinity Sermons. Here at Trinity Church Streetsville, we want to share with you messages that inspire and encourage you in your faith journey as we learn together to love Jesus, to live like Jesus, and to lead other people to Jesus. This is our final episode of our sermon series, Jesus is the Question. And today we have Rob with us, where we will be exploring a very interesting question that Jesus asks, one about bread. Thanks for listening today. God bless. A reading from Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and two fishes and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to each and every one of you this morning as well, especially on this long weekend. We're glad to have you with us on long weekends. Uh, sometimes people visit, other times people go away. So to one and all, we're so glad to have you here. My name's Rob, and I have the, the good, uh, the great privilege of being the pastor here at Trinity Streetsville. And today, what's going on is we are bringing to a conclusion a seven-week teaching series, which we have entitled, uh, Jesus is the Question. And the thing that we have been learning as we've gone through this series is essentially this, that when you come to Jesus with a problem, Jesus is not going to give you an easy solution. And he's not going to give you a pat answer. In fact, it's far more likely that Jesus is going to ask you a question in return. And in fact, if you read through the four Gospels, the four biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see that Jesus asked people over 300 questions in those four books. But in those same four books, Jesus only really gave answers, direct answers, like four or five times. Now, I am not really sure how you feel about that idea, uh, because a lot of us, I think we come to church because we want answers. And a lot of us come to Jesus because we want answers. And so when we're told that Jesus is more of a question asker 
then he is an answer man. You might be confused by that. You might be upset by that. You might be annoyed, or you might find that even uh, offensive. In fact, uh, I was looking this past week at some of the comments that people have been making on our YouTube channel as we've gone through this teaching series. And if you look at those comments, you can see the full range of emotion that people are feeling about this whole topic. So, for example, one user by the name of Mr. Ahuapai, uh, when he, we got started on this teaching series, his comment was that all this, all this talk about Jesus uh, and, and questions was, quote, such a silly concept. And, uh, you know, he's not alone. I think a lot of people here, a lot of people watching online again might be saying, yes, it's so completely silly. You guys are just being cute. You're just trying to find a cutesy way to talk about something different by doing this thing with Jesus, who's always asking questions and never giving answers. So you might agree with Mr. Ahuapai. Um, uh, uh, somebody else asked, this, this user was called Harry Hutchinson 4410. He said, why would he, Jesus, have questions for me? Isn't he omniscient and know everything that has and will happen? That is a really good question too, right? That is the question of God's omniscience, of God knowing everything. In fact, another person said the same kind of thing. This one's a little hard to read, but Ali Jade said, I thought God was omnipotent, and I think he meant probably omniscient, and has un an unchanging word because he knows all, question mark. And I get it. If, if Jesus is God, and if God knows everything, then Jesus should know everything. So then why is Jesus walking around asking all these questions? Now, other people online commented that they felt like they had every right to ask Jesus some questions, and that they frankly deserved some answers from Jesus. Jesus, why do you condone slavery? They're talking about some uh, the in the Bible, the old Old Testament, the, some stories around slavery. Or Jesus, why are people sick? Or Jesus, why is the earth such a mess? Or Jesus, why? What about cancer? Jesus, what about this? What about that? They really do feel like Jesus owes them an answer. For some of these things. Some of them even had like kind of strange, you know, Jesus, why in the Old Testament was there a command against eating shellfish and, and shrimp and stuff like that, right? So a lot of, lot of questions. Some of the questions, because it's the internet, some of the questions that we got asked were a little bit silly. This question, well, this question might not have been silly. It might have been a serious question, but we had a user by the name of Iron Raiden who asked, I heard Jesus really likes smoking weed. Is this true? Now, thankfully, Elizabeth, who is our online engagement director, she responded to all these questions very sensitively and very quickly. She even responded to this one uh, very adeptly. Elizabeth said, uh, hey, bud, <laughs> hope you don't have high expectations because to be blunt, we don't have a dope answer for you. <laughs> that is why we pay her the big bucks, people. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you really should do that because there's a lot going on there. These are really good questions. They're really good comments. And I'm hoping that today as we wrap all this up, uh, the last question that we're going to look at will maybe kind of help bring all this uh, together. Because we're going to look at one more question Jesus asked. And the question is found in what I would say is probably the most popular story in all the Gospels. 
Uh, you see, there is one story, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 that appears in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's the only miracle that appears in all four Gospels, with the exception, of course, of the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, Matthew and Mark actually tell an additional second story where Jesus fed a crowd of about 4,000 people. So you've got four plus two, so there's about six tellings of this miraculous feeding story that take place throughout the four Gospels. And at the heart of these stories is a question. We're going to get to that question in just a second. But first, let's get a little background and set the story up. The story starts with Jesus and his disciples, and they're exhausted. They're tired and they're worn out because it's the, the early days of Jesus's ministry, and they are busy. People are coming to Jesus to hear his teaching. More and more people are coming to Jesus to experience his healing, and the crowds are growing. The crowds are growing to the thousands, and, and they're following him everywhere he goes. And so, so Jesus says eventually, hey, because there's so many people coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, Jesus says to his disciples, listen, come away. Let's get away for a little R&R. Let's go to a quiet place and get some rest. And so they get into a boat and they sail off to find a quiet retreat. By the way, I hope this summer you've had a chance to get away and get a little R&R yourself. Uh, If you haven't been able to get away or if you haven't been able to get a break, well, then you're in good company. And Jesus knows how you feel because Jesus couldn't get away either because what seemed to happen is that Jesus got on the boat and went across the lake and somebody in the crowd then said, hey, I think I know where he's going. Follow me, everybody. And so they ran and they walked and they hobbled and they were on their crutches or whatever. And they walked around the shoreline to the place where Jesus was going so that when Jesus and his disciples pulled into their little retreat, there they were, the welcoming committee was there. Hey, Jesus, remember us? And you know, I, I got to tell you, like, if I were Jesus, and thankfully I'm not, that's a scary thought, but if, if I were him, I would be like, oh gosh, let's get back in the boat and let's try again. Let's go find another destination. But because Jesus is way more compassionate than I am, he decided to say, no, guys, let's, let's park here for a while longer. And he began to teach them many things. Even though the disciples were really tired and really hungry and really, really needed a rest. When I think of the disciples, I think of my own kids uh, when they were younger, especially. We would go to church on Sunday and we'd have two or three services at some of the churches we were at. And then there'd be coffee hour and they just wanted to go home. They just wanted it to be over at some point. And Sally and I would usually stick around and be chatting with people and drinking coffee and refilling our coffee and hey, catching up with you. And, and we were usually like the last people to leave. And, and our kids would be like tugging on us or like getting in our line of sight and saying, when are we going home? I want to leave. And I think the disciples felt a little bit like this. We just need them to leave. But the problem is Jesus and his disciples can't just leave because they're, they're out there in the wilderness now, right? In a remote location, there's nothing to eat. Now the disciples say here, we've got an idea. Send the people away to some town, help them, let them go and find a town somewhere so they can buy something to eat. Uh, and, and in response to that idea, 
This is where Jesus asks the question. It's a bit of a confusing question. It's a irksome question. It's a kind of bizarre in some ways. But in that moment, Jesus says, well, how much bread do you have? How much bread do you have? Now, I don't know about you, but this question throws me for a bit of a loop. You're out there in the wilderness, surrounded by thousands of people who are hungry, and you turn to your disciples and say, well, how much, how much bread do you have? I spent a lot of time this week thinking about this question, and I feel there's probably only three possible ways we can understand what this question means. How much bread do you have? And I think you guys have all got to kind of decide to yourself for yourself what this question means. In my way of thinking, it's either a question for information, it's a question for participation, or it's a question for transformation, right? So, so how much bread do you have? Is that an information question? Is that a participation question? Or is that a transformation question? Let me explain what I mean by each one of those. The first possible meaning of the question, how much bread do you have, could just be the face value, just, you know, he's simply asking the question, how much bread do we have? Because Jesus legitimately did not know how much bread they had, right? It's just, just a question. Like this morning, for example, I got a, a text message from someone, and they said, Rob, could you go check and see how much cream and milk we have in the fridge for coffee hour? Now, I didn't say, what are you really getting at? You know, what's the real question behind your question? They would have been like, no, we just want to know, is there cream and is there milk? And so I went and I checked, and I said, there's not very much. You better go buy some more. They just wanted information. And maybe that's all that was going on here. Maybe Jesus just legitimately did not know if they had enough bread. And I guess one thing this interpretation has going for it is it definitely emphasizes the human side of Jesus. Maybe there are legitimately some things that Jesus just as a human being did not know. I mean, was part of Jesus giving up his divine privilege... Did that also mean giving up his divine knowledge? You heard the users on YouTube. They were like, isn't Jesus omniscient? Doesn't he know everything? Or was Jesus just like you and me? And there were actually lots of things that he didn't know. How much, how much bread do you have? Right? Maybe Jesus just asked this question for information. And when he got his answer, he said, oh, we don't have very much. We're going to have to do something about that. Now that, there's still something about that that doesn't sit well with me. Seems a little silly. I know there's no such thing as a stupid question, but in some ways that is kind of a stupid question because you're, you're surrounded by 5,000 hungry people. Some say it's 5,000 hungry families, right? And, and, you know, as if Jesus would, would think that there's a possibility that there's actually enough bread? I mean, did one of you guys, uh, guys, I'm just going to ask a question just out of curiosity. Did, did anybody happen to bring like, 750 loaves of bread with him I did I didn't know did anyone have a couple wagon loads of bread that I didn't see no no you didn't you didn't okay I just thought I'd check I was just trying to get some information I just wasn't sure but now that I know the answer see I I I didn't want to do a miracle if we had the bread but now that we don't have the bread I'll look after it stand back everybody ta-da boom and then the bread comes up so yeah there is something that doesn't seem right about this answer that Jesus was just asking for information it doesn't make sense at least it doesn't make 100% sense to me. But thankfully, that's not the only possible way 
to understand the question, how much bread do you have? It might not have been a question about information. It might have actually been more of a question about participation. Participation. Could it be that Jesus' great miracle of feeding the 5,000 depended on the disciples' participation? Could it be that before Jesus would do his part, multiplying the bread and the fish, they had to do their part, which was bringing whatever they had? Is that why he asked, how much bread do you have? Now, on the one hand, I don't think, I can't think that Jesus absolutely needed them to have some bread in order for this miracle to happen. Because I I think that if if Jesus had said, how much bread do you have? And they had said, we don't have anything. I don't think Jesus would have shrugged his shoulders and said, there's nothing we can do then. Let's get out of here and walked away disgruntled. No, I think Jesus still would have found a way to feed this multitude. But, But even though Jesus doesn't need us, to accomplish his mission, maybe he still invites us to be part of that mission. God always has the victory, yes, but he wants us to join him in that victory. Could it be that Jesus just couldn't or wouldn't have done this miracle without them? That he wouldn't have done the miracle if they hadn't brought the bread and the fish and put it in his hands so he could bless it, break it, and share it. It's kind of like math. It's like multiplication. Zero times anything is always zero. But even a very small number can be multiplied to exponential size if need be. If the disciples had hoarded all they have, yes, sure, they may have had enough for themselves, but nobody else would have had a thing. So I don't know. I'm a little bit torn by this explanation. I want to believe that Jesus could have fed these people without their help, but, but I also believe that God can't work with what we're not willing to give. So what about you? If I ask that question to you now, How much bread do you have? Are you willing to trust God with your possessions? Are you willing to participate in God's kingdom through generous giving? Do you believe that God can take what you give, even if it's not very much, and he can multiply into more than you can imagine? In your life, in our world, even in our community here, do you want to participate in a miracle? then how much bread do you have? Can you put it into God's hands? Our job is to give it. His job is to multiply it. So that would be a second way of understanding Jesus' question, how much bread do you have? Not about information, but an invitation to participation. Still, I want to throw out a third possibility of what that question was all about. Not information, not even participation, but it was a question meant to effect radical transformation in people's hearts and minds. Here's what I mean. Some interpreters of this story suggest that perhaps all those people on the hillside that day with Jesus, they actually had some food with them, but because they were only thinking of themselves or fearing that they wouldn't have enough, They hid their food from others. 
But only when Jesus asked the question, how much bread do you have? And only when the disciples brought their meager amount of loaves and fishes did the others start to do the same. And then when people saw the generosity of Jesus and disciples, they opened up their own knapsacks and they started sharing whatever they had brought. And all of a sudden, it turned out that what they shared was enough. It was more than enough. They even had leftovers after it. So now if you believe this question, if you believe that this is what the question meant, then Jesus isn't asking for information. How much bread? No, we've got two loaves, five fish, five loaves, two fish. And he's not even asking for participation. Jesus, I'll do my part if you do your part. It's actually a question of transformation. He wants to radically transform people's hearts and minds. You see, like the disciples, even today, many people live and operate out of what you might call a theology of scarcity. Just like the people in the story who were on the hillside that day, they were sure they did not have enough. And we are quite sure that we do not have enough either, right? And we need to therefore protect whatever we have. But Jesus wants to transform our thinking. What answer did Jesus really want to hear? When he asked, how much bread do you have? What did he really want to hear? Did he really want to hear, oh, we've got five loaves and two fish? No, I think what he really wanted to hear was this. We've got enough. We've got more than enough. By asking this question, Jesus is transforming their thinking from a theology of scarcity to a theology of abundance. And a theology of abundance is an approach to life that says, you know what, God is generous. There is enough. There's enough for our needs and there's enough for the needs of others too. Just about everybody in this room could go home and look at their life in one of two ways. You could look at your home. You could look at your apartment. You could look at your car. You could look at your paycheck. You could look at your dinner table and you could either say there is not enough or you could say there's enough and there's more than enough, but that requires a transformation in your heart and in your mind. So the third way of understanding Jesus' question, how much bread do you have, is, is he's trying to transform us. Full disclosure, I actually gravitate toward this third interpretation. And it's not because I'm a person of science and I don't have faith to believe in miracles. I'm not skeptical of the supernatural. I believe Jesus could have multiplied fish and bread and done a miracle that way. But is it any less of a miracle when people are feared or when people are freed from the, from the grip of fear and scarcity and transformed into generous people? that trust in God's abundance, I think that's a pretty big miracle too. If that happens, you know what it means? It means that it's not that Jesus does a miracle. It's not just that we participate in a miracle. It's that we become the miracle. And you know what? Isn't that what the world needs? (laughs) Not just for us to believe in miracles. Not just for us to pray for miracles. But the world needs us to be the miracle. The poor and hungry need us to be the miracle. The lonely and lost, they need us to be the miracle. The kids in Honduras need us to be the miracle. The people of our city need us to be the miracle. With all the problems in our world and in our community, Trinity, let's not just watch for a miracle. 
Let's not just wait for a miracle, but let's be the miracle. Let's be transformed in our thinking, be transformed in our hearts and in our actions. So why did Jesus ask the question, how much bread do you have? Was it for information? Was it for participation? Was it for transformation? You can decide for yourself. But you still need to answer the question as well. Because Jesus asks you and me, how much bread do you have? You could say, not enough, Jesus, sorry. (laughs) I don't have enough, Jesus. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough ability. I don't have enough faith. Or you could answer, God, I don't have much, but what I do have, I give it to you. Or even better, I hope we can get to the place where we can say, God, you know, I've got plenty. I've got enough. I've got more than enough to share. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoyed our sermon. If you enjoyed the show today, please take some time to rate and review our podcast so that we can better share our good news with others. Come back again next week, where we will be beginning a brand new sermon series. Thanks for listening. Today's sermon was taken from the September 3rd, 2023 service at Trinity Church Streetsville in Mississauga, Ontario.